Welcome to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast, episode 127, with Sarah Kornack and Bethann Schwamberger. Today on the show, we're talking with Danielle Aaron of the Etsy shop, Naranast. Danielle is a pretty brand new Etsy seller. She just opened her shop in 2015, but she's going to share with us today in detail a strategy that she used to grow her email subscriber list by over 700 people in just one month. What I love about this episode is that Danielle's advice is practical and doable for any small business owner. I know you're going to get a lot of great information out of this episode. So let's get started. You're listening to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast, practical business advice for startup moms. Today on the podcast, we are pleased to welcome Danielle Aaron of the Etsy shop, Nara Nest. It has adorable baby goods. Danielle used a really unique strategy to grow her email list, so we're going to really dig into that today and hopefully help you to grow your list as well. Danielle lives with her husband and daughter in Manitoba, Canada. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thanks. It's so cool to be talking with you guys. Danielle, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and your business, Naraness. Yeah, I live with my husband, Daryl, and we have a one and a half year old daughter, Juniper, and a big, stinky Newfoundlander dog, Opie. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Newfoundlanders, but they're big. He's about 140 pounds. So he's like a basically a small pony to our daughter. He's a pretty big guy. And we live out, we recently, we were a Canadian military family until about a year ago. My husband left to move on to a civilian career. Once we had our daughter, we just found you know, the long, the long stretches away and things like that were just not working as well as they once did. So decided to make some changes and we moved back to his sort of hometown area. We bought a big old farmhouse that we're got lots of tinkering with that we want to do over the years, but we've got lots of room to run around out here. So that's great. Naranest started basically when I was, was nesting. I was pregnant and I was you know, doing all those things, getting the nursery ready and, and all of that. And I just wasn't finding exactly what I wanted for Junie's room. So I started making some stuff, found some, found some fabric that I really loved. And as I was making it, I started thinking, you know, maybe this is something that I could do. I've always kind of had in the back of my mind that I'd like to be an entrepreneur someday and just hadn't really found the right time or the right use of of my talents or interests and so this seemed like a good fit so I make baby goods as you mentioned all using organic fabrics so bedding blankets bibs baby wearing accessories things like that Naranest really believes that the bond between mother and baby is just the most sacred thing on earth so our mission as a company is to provide safe natural products that work to support that bond and try to deliver them with kindness, kindness to mama, kindness to the earth. That's who we are. Awesome. So, Danielle, you really piqued our interest when in our private Facebook group, you shared a win with everyone and told us how you grew your email list by more than 700 subscribers in this very short amount of time. And I was especially intrigued because I know many Etsy sellers, they're lucky to have 
like seven <laughs> subscribers right. on their email list. So I was so excited for you. And your strategy for getting all those new subscribers I thought was really interesting. So I'd love for you to just kind of share that with everyone. And I'm sure we'll have loads of questions as we dig into that. Sure. Basically, I mean, I had done lots of reading and listening of, of different strategies that people out there were using to grow their email lists, as I'm sure, you know, most of all of us are doing, <laughs> looking for those those hints or tips that are going to work for us. And so I really kind of focused in on the idea of using a giveaway of my own product. The reason being is, is that, you know, if someone is interested in winning your product, then maybe that person is interested also in buying your product. So as opposed to giving away, say, like an iPad or something like that, that's not going to necessarily zero in on my perfect ideal customer, right? So that's kind of why I wanted to go with the giveaway angle. I also just have this sh the shop, so I don't run a blog or anything like that. So for me to, you know, have some kind of service or... You know, some of the other things that people use as lead magnet wasn't really a, an effective way for me to deliver that to people. So that's why I felt like the giveaway was a good solution for me. I really wanted to focus on building that email list because I was just finding with different advertising that I was trying, you know, say Etsy promoted listings, for example, is awesome, but you pay to get that customer once. And then if you want to get them again, you have to pay again and again and again, right? Every time you want to get in front of that customer using that method. Whereas with email, I, I might pay to advertise to get that person on my list once. But once I've got them, I've got them and I can talk to them forever, right? And so maybe they don't like exactly what I have right now because their daughter, you know, has a butterfly room and I don't have any butterfly stuff at the moment, but maybe I will in a couple months and then I can talk to them then. So that's really why I wanted to focus on this strategy. So you knew you wanted to gather emails, a very awesome business strategy, and you knew you wanted to do it through giveaways. So then what was your next step that you took to to launch this big giveaway email subscriber collecting strategy? Right. So I had done a couple of giveaways just sort of letting my my Etsy customers know about it, posting it on Facebook, posting it on Instagram, that sort of thing. And I had... I guess two months prior to this bigger giveaway where I tried that and I got about a hundred new subscribers each month that I did that. But the thing that was new this time was trying Facebook ads. So on various, you know, podcasts and things that I'd been reading just about how Facebook ads can really work for you because you can really target them. And that just made a lot of sense to me because my customer is uh, pretty specific. You know, I cater to a pretty specific niche or niche as you Americans would, would call it, right? The niche. Um, so I really like that idea of being able to narrow down because I knew who I was trying to reach. So the idea of using those targeted Facebook ads really appealed to me. So that was the main thing I did differently that had this awesome success this month that I had that that we're talking about here is I created a, a regular post on Facebook just with, you know, an image and a little write-up saying I'm having this giveaway, this is what you can win. And then I boosted that post to a very targeted audience. So in this case, the product that I was giving away was like an accessory for baby wearing. So my targeted audience, I set it to be women in Canada and the U.S. between the ages of 24 and 35. And then they also had to have expressed an interest which is something you can target in Facebook 
in about, I don't know, maybe 10 or so different baby carrier brands. So, you know, uh, brands meaning like Ergo Baby or Lily Baby or different brands like that that make the baby carriers that would work with my product. So assumingly, they either already own the, the baby carrier or are interested maybe in buying one. And then the other target was just that they were either expectant or new parents. So it really focused in on exactly who who I wanted. Okay, so with that, with the targeting, was it just one big targeting group altogether? Or did you have like 10 different targeting groups where each of them was maybe a different baby carrier plus expectant parents? Let's talk about that for just a minute. Right. So that first month that I tried this, it was just one big group, one big saved audience that I called baby carrier fans or something like that. And yeah, it was just one big group with all those attributes that went into it. And that was the only audience that saw it. In subsequent months, I've broken it out a little bit and then had just one campaign. So say it would be like November giveaway would be my campaign. And then I would have various audiences within that giveaway. So I'd have, you know, maybe baby carrier brands and then, you know, something else like maybe people who like some other brand that would be related, that kind of thing. And then you can kind of compare the results and which, which audience is working best. So that's been really helpful as well. But that first month, yeah, it was just that one big post. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like one great big targeting group. So I'm sure there were millions of people inside that. You know what? I've got my Facebook open here just in case you guys had questions. <laughs> so I can tell you because it, it wasn't that many. It was okay. like a few hundred thousand, I think. Okay. I think it was like less than a million, but. Okay. And then from there, and so you said this was initially a regular post on your Facebook fan page, and then you boosted it. But did you go into the ads platform and then say, choose that post and say, yes, I want to promote this post? Yeah. So when you just, if you're looking at that post and there's that little boost post button, Mm -hmm. that's not going to provide you with all the options for all the targeting that you would have if you were to go in and create an ad or use like the power editor or something like that, then you're having a lot more options available to you. Yes. Okay. That's something I wanted to clarify too, because I think a lot of people will get confused and and go and boost their posts and be like, well, wait, how do I, how do I target all these very specific things? So yeah, that's good to know. But yeah, for everyone listening, you may not know that you can take any old Facebook post that you put on your page. And once you go into the ads manager or power editor, either way, then you can choose that, Hey, yes, this is the, this is the content that I want to be promoting right now. So, and it is really neat because it's like, it looks like a very natural post that would show up on anyone's Facebook feed. And so that part is really nice. And then the other question related to the ad is, were you optimizing for cost per click or were you optimizing for impressions or for engagement? For that first one, I think I optimized for engagement. I'm just trying to go back to the ad here. But yeah, I optimized this for engagement. And I just let Facebook do the the bidding. I didn't set a bid or anything like that. I just kind of mm-hmm. took their suggestion for that first one. And yeah, it was optimized for engagement. Because I thought, you know, at least if people are going to like click or comment, 
then maybe their friends will see it. That was another nice thing about doing it as like a just a regular post on my wall, as opposed to like creating an ad was that then people were interacting with it like it was a post, right? Like people were commenting, mm-hmm. liking, sharing, that kind of thing. Yeah, I wanted to mention for everyone too. So because Danielle shared the permalink to this giveaway post that she did in October. And so we'll share a link to that on the show notes page so you all can see. But Danielle had, let's see, one, two, so 495 likes on the post. She had 64 shares. So that's, that's something you're not paying for. You're not paying for all of those people to be sharing your giveaway. And then she had 144 comments on this post. And it's really interesting to see, you know, all the women who are commenting and saying, wow, this is such a, your carrier cover is so neat. What a great idea. Do you have it in this pattern? Do you, or can I enter in the U.S.? And just like asking all these questions and there's so much interaction and excitement around your product. Yeah, it was really really exciting to see all of those responses and just the awesome feedback I was getting from people and I mean quite by accident I kind of learned the lesson that when you're getting those comments engage with those people as much as you can just because I mean first of all they're there they're paying attention to your business and for me that's a big deal I'm not a huge business so if someone is interested in in what I'm doing, then I want to talk to that person. But also, if somebody pops by and they're like, hey, this is a great giveaway, thanks. If I can reply to them and say thanks so much for entering, good luck, whatever, they might reply again to me. And every time they're interacting with that post, there's a chance then it's showing up in their feed and their friends are seeing it, right? So you're just expanding your own organic reach on those posts. The more that you encourage people to keep chatting, keep liking, keep engaging with that, then that's just going to spread, right? So I think that really helped me a lot because I got I, I, I did use the Facebook ads, but I also got awesome organic reach on that post as well. And I think that was a big reason why. I can uh, add here that saved audience that I used, it was 110,000 people. So okay. Pretty, pretty small. Yeah. And I will say in terms of audience targeting for everyone listening, I've heard very mixed opinions about the size that your audience should be. I've heard you want to go very specific, very narrow that, you know, a hundred thousand is good. Then I've heard from other people that if your cost per click or per engagement is too high, then expand your audience, go to a couple million and see if then Facebook will show your ad to the people who cost the least to promote to. So I've heard very mixed things about audience sizes. And I do think it's it is a lot of testing and tweaking. But I I do think Danielle, it was so genius of you to target not just expectant parents, but to target people who liked other baby carriers, because that's such a direct fit with your product, which is a baby carrier cover. And it's such a genius product that you have, by the way. But just that was really smart. I think sometimes people don't get specific enough. They don't make that very tight connection. Yeah. And for me, really, I think that for me and my business, anyways, using Facebook ads, that's the the draw for me of the Facebook ad is that it can get so crazy specific to exactly who you are looking for, as opposed to other advertising that tends to be a lot more general, right? Like, say, putting, a, putting a, uh, an ad on a blog, let's say, for example, right? You can get pretty specific as to what kind of blog, but then from there, 
where those readers are coming from, where, what, you know, all of that kind of stuff, but being able to just drill right down so that you're only paying for the people that you really think could maybe hopefully (laughs) be your customer is it's super valuable. So for running your giveaway, then Danielle, it looks like you went with Gleam to do the kind of running of your giveaway. And it also kind of gave you almost like a landing page that people would land on when they click to enter your giveaway. Can you tell us a little bit about Gleam or other apps that you looked at for managing your giveaway? Definitely. So I didn't look at too many. I looked at, you know, a handful of them, I suppose. But there was, I guess, a few features that I really wanted. And so once I came across Gleam and I saw that it had that set of features that I was looking for, I was like, great, let's try this. Um, One thing I've really realized about myself is that I can be a bit of a perfectionist and that that can hold me back because I research forever to find the exactly perfect app that I need (laughs) instead of just saying, yeah, this one's got it. Let's try it. And if it doesn't work, no big deal. I'll try something different next month. Right. So I didn't really look at that many, to be honest with you. This one seems like it had what I needed, so I gave it a try, and it's been working out really so far so good with it. It's only been a couple of months that I've been trying it out, but so far I've I've been really happy using it. What were some of those features that you knew you wanted to have on your giveaway app? So I wanted something that would integrate with MailChimp. That's what I use for my my list, my email list. So I wanted something that would integrate with MailChimp easily. I wanted something that would have like a standalone landing page as opposed to something that I would have to like embed somewhere because like I said I don't have a blog or a site to put it on so I needed something that would just stand alone. I wanted the ability to ask a question as one of the entry options and I wanted the ability for the Gleam calls it viral share but refer a friend or you know it goes by a couple different names but basically where you earn extra entries by referring your friends to the giveaway. So that's what I wanted and Gleam had all those things. That's great. And we've definitely seen with we use King Sumo giveaways, but it's a very similar idea where we get email addresses and the viral component is it's really great. You can see how the giveaway starts spreading and people entering who are earning those extra points. It really does help a giveaway to reach more people. Definitely. Now, is Gleam a paid app that you use? There is a free version, I believe, but I am using the paid um, version. And I, I'm i pretty sure I would have to honestly go back and double check. But I'm pretty sure the reason I went with the paid version is for that refer a friend or viral share option. I think you have to go to the paid version to get that option. And it's $39, I believe, a month that I pay for it, U.S. Danielle, I love how even though that this is the October giveaway that we're talking about, the one that netted you over 700 new email subscribers, yeah. is that right? Yeah. But but now if somebody finds that old Facebook post and they click on the link to enter that old giveaway, you have a great page now set up where people can actually click, oh, this giveaway is over but you can enter next month's giveaway. So do you have then a couple pages within Gleam that you can use to direct traffic to future giveaways? Because I thought that was genius that it's not just like a dead link that doesn't go anywhere now, that it still refers people to you and to other giveaways. 
I would have to actually look at that page because there could be two different pages that you're talking about. So if it's something that Gleam just set up on its own, where if it's a Gleam link, then Gleam did that on their own with no help from me. And thank you, Gleam. <laughs> and that's just something that they're doing. The only thing I've changed is in, so my normal MailChimp email opt-in page. So if I was to, so before I was using Gleam, I would just be referring people to sign up with my normal MailChimp email opt-in, right? To sign up for my email and that's how you enter. Before This is before Gleam. So on that page, now I have, you can subscribe or you can enter this current giveaway. So I'm just not sure which yes. page it's going to. I see it now. You're right. I'm not on Gleam at all. I'm on your MailChimp landing page right. where you have, Naren Nast, and it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful header at the top. Subscribe below to your mailing list or enter my monthly giveaway here, and then that's where you send people to Gleam. Right, yeah. So I I love that. It looks beautiful. I mean, Thanks. that even just the MailChimp page that you've created for people to land on. And it all just ties in so seamlessly then with when they click here, enter my new monthly giveaway, it doesn't look like they're really changing locations or, you know, it all just blends together very well. I love that. Yeah, it's nice that like both Gleam and MailChimp both give you the option to put in your own headers and stuff. And then you can kind of, it's not going to look different from my Etsy shop or my Facebook page or anything else. People can see how all of those are linked, which just gives it sort of, I think, a little bit more it looks a little bit more professional, right? That was something I really liked about mm -hmm. Gleam. Some of the like contest or giveaway widgets and stuff that I looked at didn't really look as professional. So that was something I really liked about Gleam as well. I'm sure that gives people confidence to actually enter your giveaway and leave their email address because it does have that professional, legit look to it, not the uh, scammy, spammy look to right. it. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, I did want to circle back for just a minute to some of the ads information because I know that so many small business owners are scared to do any ads because they don't want to waste all their money and get nothing in return, which is completely understandable. But I, I wanted to talk for a minute about how much you spent on your ad and you know how that ended up being a good investment. Sure. So that so I I guess just to talk about just that one October giveaway, which is the one I guess that we, we were originally talking about there. So that October giveaway, I gave away a prize that the the retail value is about $30. So obviously my cost on that. And then I had to bump up to the paid MailChimp so that I could do like the auto sequence after. So that was $15 per month. And then the Facebook ads that I spent that month was $55 roughly because I'm working in Canadian funds here so roughly 55 US so that month total I would have spent $85 on that giveaway well less than right because my cost but give or take so but the Facebook ads itself was about $55 and I and I know that I would have had more than that in revenue that I can directly link between Etsy customers coming from having seen that post so I, I know that the post paid for itself in, in added revenue. 
That's awesome. And even just from the standpoint of how much you paid and then how many email subscribers that you received and obviously targeted email subscribers, to pay $55 on a Facebook ad and get 788 email subscribers, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts about Facebook advertising. I'm always reading about it. I have that's unheard of, Danielle. <laughs> like that is <laughs> Well, yeah, I was like I was excited. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember saying to my husband, like, I feel like I found some kind of cheat. Like there's just like, like, I feel like someone's going to send me an email tomorrow and be like, um, yeah, you can't do this. This isn't, there's been some sort of Facebook mix up or MailChimp mix up. And cause yeah, I would wake up and there would just be more subscribers and it was just really exciting. And I mean, I started out paying less for the ads. And then as I was seeing the response they were getting, I felt more comfortable thinking a little bit more into it. And then once I had a sale or two coming in, then I felt good about reinvesting that money into it. So I, I did bump up, you know, my daily budget as I was seeing the how successful it was and how, how well it was working for me. So I didn't jump in with a big budget. I just kind of tested the waters a bit. And then as it worked, I just sunk more money in and sort of figured I'll get while they're getting good. And <laughs> as long as this is working, I'll take advantage of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I just did the math really quickly for reference for everyone. So if you divide just the $55, like just the ad spend part of things by the 788 subscribers, that's seven cents per email <laughs> subscriber. Like wow. most people, most Facebook ads gurus will say, oh, if you spend a dollar or even $2 to get a subscriber, like you're doing good. So yeah. Those are rich gurus who have the dollars. I know, seriously. Well, and that's, see, that, that's always been my struggle with advertising because advertising is a, such a different game when you have a $1,000 product with enormous margins. Yes. But Danielle is the example of an Etsy seller with a $30 product and you are making advertising work for your business. And I love that. <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean though is that a lot of the advice out there is for people who have, you know, that one big expensive thing they're trying to sell you, right? They have a thousand dollar e course they want you to buy or whatever, right? And that just doesn't apply, right? Like I mean some of it will and you can take what works and try it and try and adapt, but you're right, it's different when you're selling our handmade stuff, which we all know typically we don't have humongous margins on and they're not typically really high priced and we don't typically have, you know, thousands of dollars in our advertising budget. So yeah, it's not going to work the same. And that's why I think people just need to kind of test the water and experiment because I, I wish there was just one blog out there or something where we could say here, these people know how to do it, but you really just have to figure it out for your own business, I think, and just try and before this worked, I tried lots of things that didn't work, you know, like lots of months where my email list just sat there or or had a little bit. Like I said, I mean, the, the, the two giveaways I did before had about 100 subscribers a month, which I felt really good about at the time. Right. But comparatively, this obviously worked much better. Right. So I think people just if you can kind of set aside an amount you're you're OK with losing and maybe it's only five or ten dollars, but okay with losing it in a worst case scenario and give yourself some room to experiment, then you can start seeing what works for your audience and your product. That is great advice, Danielle, to just experiment with what you're comfortable with and, and see what happens. Cause obviously you stumbled on something that 
is really awesome for not very much money. And I was curious, did you plan on continuing to do monthly giveaways when you started out with this October giveaway? Or have you, since then, when that worked so well, decided to continue on at that point with giving something away every month? So my intention was always to carry on with the monthly giveaways. When I started doing them, I let the subscribers know, you know, as long as you're subscribed, you'll get an invite every month for another giveaway. So I wanted to to do that because I think it's just a great way of keeping people engaged. So every month, you know, people know that there's a new giveaway. So maybe they'll open my emails <laughs> and take a look and see if I'm announcing what that new giveaway is, right? So I wanted to keep that going and to keep people engaged once I had them. So I always intended to do the monthly giveaways. But I mean, obviously, the success of that of that month made me a lot more excited about continuing with those every <laughs> month and a lot more. It opened a lot more of what can I do, right? Like I knew that if I was going to have a level of success with it, that that would afford me the ability to do more different things. And, you know, like, like that first month there, I wasn't using Gleam yet with that first month. So that was something I did the second month to sort of, so for my November giveaway then to build on, on what had, what had worked in the October giveaway and, and do more. And then same thing now with my December giveaway as well. And I'd love to hear, Danielle, since you've now done two more giveaways since you first shared your great success story in the group, how are those going? What are the results of those giveaways for you? So things have been going really well. So on October 1st, which was every on the first of each month, I write down where I'm at with all my followers and email subscribers and social media people. So October 1st, which was just before this this original giveaway started, I had 224 email subscribers. And this morning, I'm just shy of 3,000. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. My, my Facebook fans have gone from October 1st, I was at 234. And this morning, I'm at um, 1,553. I'm close to 2,000 Instagram fans, and I've gained over 1,000 Pinterest followers as well. So it's been really working for me. Yeah, I'll say. And just so listeners know, we're in mid-December right now. So that that huge email list growth happened over the course of just two and a half months right. for Danielle. Right. So yeah, like more yeah. than 10 times <laughs> where I was two and a half months ago, which like my husband keeps laughing at me because my original goal for the end of the year was 500 email subscribers. And <laughs> that was my goal. And I really was nervous about it, whether or not I could hit it. I, when I set a goal, I take it very seriously. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, 500 because I'd been growing, you know, so, so slowly. And so I felt like that was a big stretch. And then after the success of that first month, I set my my new end of the year goal to 2,500, and and now I'll be over 3,000 by the end of the year, and yeah, it's it's really exciting. Sweet. Have you noticed a lot of people that drop off after the giveaway ends, or have you retained most of your email subscribers? You know, surprisingly, not. I thought that a lot more would, but I think the fact that I'm doing them monthly helps. So when they hear that it's over and they didn't win, they also hear, but you can enter now this thing as well. So I think that helps to keep them sticking around a little bit more because there's something new to win. I did find that, and I guess it kind of goes back to 
maybe the the advice for the bigger product not always working. So I had like a three part welcome series that went out to to people once they subscribed, they'd get like a series of three different emails from me. And I did notice that when I was sending out more stuff around like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I did notice a pickup in the unsubscribes around that time. And I when I went to look at who was unsubscribing, it was people who had just recently received a lot of those new um, welcome emails for me. And so I think like I've now cut down to just one welcome email that people get that has like pretty well all the info that maybe the other three would have had, but in sort of a more concise format. But I think, yeah, if you've got one big product that you're trying to sell over time, then it makes sense to send that welcome series and stay in front of people and educate and inform them. But for my product and my audience, I just don't think that made sense because I don't need to educate them about what a baby blanket is, right? Like for the most part, what I'm selling, people are typically familiar with most of it, right? So I'm not needing to use that as an education route. And because I'm more of a, I'm a business where I've got lots of different products coming and going and new prints coming and going, I have lots of things to talk to my customers about. So I can send out, this is what's new emails a lot more frequently than somebody who, like where we're getting that, uh, the advice, you know, those big blogs that we were talking about, it's not the same for them, right? They're not saying, oh, we've got this new product, this new product, it's just that same one. So that's another place where I have found that the advice from the big guys didn't necessarily work for me and that when they were getting all those welcome emails and then also getting all my new stuff emails, it was just too much. And that's where I was finding the unsubscribes were coming from. And now that I've cut it back to the one welcome email, I'm not, I haven't seen that since. That's a really interesting point, Danielle. And I'm curious, how often do you send out the kind of what's new update emails? When there's something new, <laughs> I'm not really like super consistent. And I know that that's, sort of another like no no but when I have something to say I'll send it out but I would say you know I try to aim to send out something you know maybe every two weeks but around this time of year there's more to say right so there might be more like more frequent emails around you know I had sent out one saying this is what's coming up for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and then I sent a reminder on Black Friday and a reminder on Cyber Monday so that was you know like three emails in like a week time frame, right? And I'm not always sending that many, rarely sending that many, but if there's something new to say, like typically on the first or second of the month, I send out an email stating who won the giveaway from the month before and then what the new giveaway will be. So that one always is pretty regular, but outside of that, you know, if there's nothing really time sensitive, then I'll try and send out something maybe just mid month to say, you know, here's some new prints or some new, products or whatever. And you know, Danielle, I think that strategy works for you too, because your email list is always top of mind. Like you're being very strategic with it. You're focusing on growing that for your business. So whereas other Etsy sellers might tell themselves like, oh, well, just send an email out when something's new. Like they totally don't do it. You know, they put it off. They don't. But for you, it's top of mind. So I think that, mm -hmm. you know, making sure, I mean, you're sending at least two emails a month. And so, yeah, yeah I think that totally works. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're having a struggle of of oh I should be sending more and I'm not, then yeah, get yourself on a schedule where you're making sure something's going out at least I would say every probably 2 weeks is 
for most people, probably a good a good starting point at least to experiment with your with your audience and see what, what works for them. But but yeah, like sometimes I want to send them stuff all the time because I want to say you know uh, happy holidays and like this is going on, that's going on. So sometimes I need to just make a post on Instagram or Facebook or something instead, instead of being emailing them all the time. Right. So you've got to yeah have something to say. So if there's new stuff happening in your shop, then, then awesome. And that's what, what they'll want to hear. So I'm curious as well, clearly growing your email list has been a huge success. And how have you seen that affect your Etsy shop and your sales in general? Have you seen an uptick there as well? Definitely. Some of it is a little bit hard to quantify just because this is my first year in business. So I don't have a last Christmas to compare to. So I just have my numbers from this year to look at. But I have sent out some some coupon codes that only went to email subscribers. So I know that those came back and that there was revenue there. But for sort of the sake of comparison, certainly keeping in mind that it's the holiday season and that that plays into it as well. For these past, this last quarter, so October, November, December, which we're halfway through now, that three month period of since this strategy has been in place. So October 1st also marked the start of this new strategy. So from that quarter, I've sold as much as I did in the nine, more than that I did in the nine months prior. Oh, good. Total. So, yeah, I think that's very good. So you've been, did you start like around January 1st then of 2015? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually get my first like real sale from a real stranger. <laughs> that was not like a friend or family <laughs> member until February, but I had started to like get things in my shop and that sort of thing in yeah, pretty much January 1st. The real stranger yes. sale. I love that. That's quite the milestone. I agree. <laughs> a real stranger. Yeah. That's perfect. Someone bought this who isn't just trying to do me a favor. They really want it. <laughs> you know, I have to say the real stranger sale, though, we've even had that like excitement with Brilliant Business Moms because... Like when we first launched the planner in the summer, it was like all the sales that came in were like, oh, those are our buddies from our private Facebook group. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, these are all just like, they're awesome ladies. We love that we're selling to them. But it was like, oh, yeah, we're like friends with all of these people online. And then, yeah. And then this time around, it's we're at that point, too, where we're like, we're getting real stranger sales. There's all these random sales. (laughs) Yeah. Random orders coming in from people we actually don't know. (laughs) A real stranger. Yeah. I'd love <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I think that's excellent, Danielle. So your first sale didn't even come until February. And so in the nine months, you were kind of, you know, making a few sales here and there. And then with your, your email strategy, which you can tell is working, and, and, and I'm sure the holidays have played a part, but still... I, I think that growth is, is very good. I think that's excellent. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely pleased. Okay, quick question for you, Danielle, if you don't <laughs> mind looking this up, because this might help us be detectives a little bit and try to figure out how much of your sales are coming from your email list versus from Etsy. I'm mm-hmm. curious if you can look in your Etsy stats and see, like for the past 90 days or so, or since October 1st, what percentage of your traffic is coming from Etsy search versus like what percentage is coming 
from outside of Etsy? So my search traffic is very, very low. Hence why I just okay. purchased your awesome get found guide so that <laughs> I can improve that. But my search traffic is quite low. So, okay, here, let me take a look here. October 1st to today's date. I was going to compare it to like our Etsy shop and see. Oh, percentage yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Cool. So search to my total views. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Search only accounted for 10% of my views. Okay. Let me do that for us. Search is 33% of our views. So, yeah. And then, let's see, what is your, like, direct traffic percentage of your... It would be almost exactly the same. It's almost the exact same number. But then I also have, like, under the traffic sources, like, there's direct traffic, but then there's also, like, Facebook, mobile Facebook. The Mm -hmm. email list has, like, three or four or five different... Yeah, Mm -hmm. all of those different ones. But just straight up direct traffic is the almost exact same number as search. Okay. And because ours is definitely a lot less. Like we get about eight times as much traffic from Etsy search as we do from our direct traffic. And and that's saying something because, I mean, we have decent direct traffic, you know. But yeah. anyways, all that to say, all that to say, I think that's awesome. Like so your I mean, this strategy is bringing a lot of customers to your shop. So, okay. So, yeah. So, because you're equal with Etsy search and direct traffic. Because, for example, if I could move our direct traffic up to be the same number as our search traffic, oh, my goodness. I mean, that would explode our shop. And I feel the same way about search. (laughs) That's why I'm like, okay, I got to get this search situation sorted out here. Yeah. And and I will say for us, too, I mean, I think part of the reason why the direct traffic is so much lower for us than search is because we're sending all of our direct traffic over to our Shopify storefront now. So, I mean, right. we're not sending them there. But but yeah, exactly. You. Oh, my goodness. You're already rocking and rolling. But once you mm-hmm. increase that search, add search plus direct. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I just found the amateur naturalist stats and it's like almost a hundred percent from Etsy search on our amateur naturalist um not I mean not quite Mm -hmm. but which which makes sense because we're not doing anything (laughs) outside of Etsy not nothing (laughs) we don't and that that's the one thing I I just love about search is like and I don't as much as I obviously I love the get found guide I love everything I teach in there is awesome like if you want to run a full, well-rounded business, I don't think that the only thing you should do is search SEO, you know, SEO. But the awesome thing about SEO is, man, it lets you be lazy. Like, because we don't promote, yeah, like we don't promote the amateur naturalist at all. And we just like, we just, the sales just come on in. So, but yeah. Yeah. Without promotion, we've still been doing swift business over the the Christmas season. So it, that is... Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can be lazy. Right? You're right. But you're right. But, <laughs> but for Danielle, yeah, well, yeah. for, for right. someone who wants to grow a full, well-rounded business with their Etsy mm-hmm. shop, then yeah, Danielle, you're doing amazing. And so when you okay. combine lazy search plus your awesome <laughs> intentional strategy... <laughs> 
Yeah, it's going to be killer. Absolutely. One thing definitely that I've found has been helping with conversion and maybe I guess just to kind of circle back to Gleam for a minute is one of the things that I wanted Gleam to be able to do is I wanted to be able to have so when people enter, they have to, the, the main thing they have to do is, is sign up, subscribe for emails, right? And that's all they have to do. But then they can earn extra entries by following me on Instagram, following me on Pinterest, referring their friends, or answering questions. So each month, now I've had two different questions. And they have been so incredibly valuable. I can't even tell you. They've been worth the cost of, of the giveaways alone if I hadn't gotten any email subscribers because the questions I've been asking are really market research questions. So I'm asking people, one of the questions, for example, was what's the most important things that they're looking for when they're shopping for baby stuff? And the words that they were using, I've tried now to go back and include those words more in my listings. And I really think that it's improving my conversion. Like, I really think people are buying more. You know, one thing, for example, that almost everybody said or so many people said was safety, which, duh, obvious, right, when you're talking about baby stuff. But maybe because it was obvious, it's not something that I really talked about in my listings at all. And now that I am, I'm really finding that those listings, they're converting better than they were before. So using the, the customer's words and... It's also helped me to improve my targeting because I've asked them what other brands they like. So they're listing various baby brands that they like. And so I can say, okay, great. Now I'll go in and make another Facebook audience with those people because if they like it, probably those other people do too, right? So it's just been super, super helpful (laughs) in terms of getting ideas for for just narrowing down that ideal customer. I think with, with any advertising you're doing, That's what it's about is the more specific that you can get about your ideal customer, who she is, what is she like, what does she read, where does she live, like all of that kind of stuff, even just for the sake of your own clarity when you're making the ads so that you're writing to someone and you're taking pictures for someone in your mind, like this imaginary customer in your mind. And being able to ask those questions through Gleam has just been so incredibly helpful to give me that much more information to sort of fill in that profile for her even more. So if anybody is thinking about doing a giveaway and using a platform like that, I would really encourage you to use that option if you can to just do a bit of market research. And it's not costing you anything extra to have that that question as one of your options. And then you can just use that to sort of snowball your 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 marketing going forward because you now know that much more. That is super cool that you can do that as an option with Gleam. It's like you're conducting a survey with your audience without going through the hassle of doing a whole survey with your audience. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. And that you're not just leaving that information there. You're using that information you collect to change how you do things and to adjust. And that's often the missing link for so many people. They gather information, but they don't then take that and use it constructively to improve their business. So that's awesome. Well done. One of the one of the questions that I asked was, we went, what other blogs or websites do they like? Or like what kind of mommy blogs do they read and that kind of thing? And now my awesome mommy <laughs> is compiling all that information for me into a list of like the most popular. And now that's who I'm talking to next year about like who is going to review my new products and who do I want to advertise with because that's where my customers oh, are, right? So the more you can 
the more you can talk to your customer in any way, just like pick their brains every chance you get, then the more you're going to be able to turn around and use that information to find new customers. Yeah, that's brilliant, Danielle. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. <laughs> but just about because I said brilliant. Yeah. She's a brilliant business mom. That's why she's on the podcast. That's right. You are, Danielle. You're like a you're a born entrepreneur. I can just tell from talking with you oh, that thanks. you were you were meant to do all this awesome market research stuff and and ad stuff. Wait, it did have like a, a bit of a background in retail sales before I before I started doing the mommy thing and the stay at home thing. So that was awesome because it gave me a bit of a face to face with selling to customers. And I think that helps to kind of understand the process a little bit of what goes on in a customer's mind. So I think that gives me maybe a little bit of a, a bit of a hand in understanding that process of maybe a bit better than I certainly would have before I, before I did any kind of in-person sales. Yeah, absolutely. Use what you got to, to further your, your pursuit and your business. Mm -hmm. Danielle, I wanted to circle back to and talk about what your post looked like that you did your Facebook ad with. Your, so you were giving away this, it's like a bag for a baby carrier, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's sort of hard to describe what it is in one word. It's sort of, so you can take your baby carrier and roll it up and snap it into this bag or cover or storage sack or <laughs> any number of things that that customers have called it but it's just meant to sort of like contain your baby carrier a little bit better so that it's not straps all over the place and keeps it clean and keeps it yeah contained and I love that your post had it was a four-part like step-by-step of how the carrier bag worked so they could kind of see it in action and I'm sure that made a big difference in convincing people too okay this is a really awesome product look how easy this is to to use and plus it's very visually pleasing to to the ad in general as well do you think that kind of sealed the deal for people as well seeing that step-by-step of how your giveaway item worked I definitely do like I know for myself, like I'm a baby carrier user myself, and I didn't know that such a thing existed until one of my customers who had purchased, I also make like drool pads or sock pads for the straps of baby carriers. She had purchased a set of drool pads for me and she asked me to make this for her in, in a matching to match her drool pads. And I had never seen or heard of such a thing before. And it, when I made hers and tried it on mine, I was just like, okay, yeah, now I need to go ahead and make two for myself because these are so handy. <laughs> so I think a lot of people just don't know what they are, don't know how they work. So I thought that that was important to help people understand to show how it worked. So I definitely think if you have a product that it's not like super obvious, you know, people typically know how a t-shirt works. So you don't really have to show how that works, right? <laughs> but if you have a product that people maybe haven't used before, then if there is some way that you can show more explicitly what it is, how it works, then you have to remember, I think on Facebook, I'm terrible for just like scroll, 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 and not even stopping for, you know, a second to really read through something. So if it doesn't catch your eye right away, I don't know, maybe other people have better attention spans than I do when they're on Facebook. But I think if it doesn't catch your eye right away, you can't count on people to read through paragraphs of information to figure out why this is going to 
be helpful to them. I think you've got to make that clear really quick. And yeah, I think showing that step by step definitely, definitely did that because lots of the feedback and comments on the on the post were of that nature. They were of people saying, oh, wow, I didn't even know this existed and I need this and I can see how this is going to, you know, my carrier is always in the backseat of my car. It's all over the place or it's always, you know, strewn over my couch or whatever. And they could see how this is going to help them to tote it around when they're at the mall or whatever, right? They could see really quickly how that was going to work in their life. Yeah, I think that was, again, so brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say too, okay, you had me thinking about the whole idea of step-by-step and a t-shirt. I I think step-by-step is kind of a fun, interactive way to present things though as well. And so I was just thinking about, I was like, well, if I had a t-shirt, I might say step one, Pull t-shirt out of drawer. Step two, put t-shirt on. Step three, be awesome or whatever. You know? <laughs> like, and you know what? Kind that of would fun. be awesome. Yeah. And I, I can't remember now who it is, but maybe it's Lisa Jacobs. Is that her name? She she does a lot of stuff with like copywriting. Yeah. Lisa Jacobs. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So she, she talked a lot about copywriting um, and I've, I've read some of her stuff and and one of the things that she talks about that really sort of resonated with me is helping your customer to try on the product in their mind. So what you just said there about, you know, step one, take the T-shirt out of the door. Step two, put it on. Once you are telling me that, I start doing it. I start visualizing myself doing that. And then you start visualizing yourself putting that T-shirt on. It's like you're sort of mentally taking ownership of it, you know, like you're putting it into your life, onto your body, and it gets you that much closer to yes, I'm going to own this, you know? So when you can't have that face-to-face in a store, trying something on, helping people to visually try it on in their, you know, if it's not closed, like putting it in their life so they can see how it looks on their couch or they can see, you know, they can picture themselves pulling their beautiful planner out of their purse and making a quick note at the grocery store. They can see how this is going to work, right? Then I think they put it in their life and it helps them bridge that gap between this is something I'm seeing on the internet and this is something I want to own and have in my life. Yes. I'm already, my brain is spinning with ways that we can do little (laughs) step-by-step photos for the planner and how that would be part of someone's life. (laughs) Danielle, do you have any tools or apps that are just your favorite go-to when it comes to your business? So it's not so much an app or a tool, but just a little trick that I've realized that you know, not a lot of people necessarily know about. So I have an iPhone and for any iPhone users out there, you can go into your settings and into the keyboard. And then there's a section called text replacement where you can make shortcuts. So if you find yourself typing out a lot of long things. So for me, that's my my email address sometimes or my whole Etsy shop name, like with the, you know, HTTP, colon, black, black, the whole the whole thing. What I've done is I've just gone in and made a shortcut. So now on my phone, if I type NN Etsy, the whole website address just pops up in the auto replacement. Or if I type in D at G, my whole Gmail address pops up. So if there's things that are especially long things that you're finding you're retyping all the time, go into that text replacement and make little shortcuts for yourself. And yeah, it makes it so much easier. Awesome tip. Yeah. Anything to save time when you're trying to do something with your business and and working on the phone can take so long. So that's a great tip. 
Danielle, we've really loved talking with you today. As we wrap up, could you share with us a funny or adorable mom moment? Definitely. So I have a, a one and a half year old. And as you moms know, it's a funny, adorable age. <laughs> so there's lots of funny stuff every day. But a couple nights ago, my husband was reading uh, Juniper her bedtime stories. And right now she's really into Sesame Street. So he was reading her one of her Sesame Street books. And she was just all over the place, getting up and running around and jumping off the bed and going and getting more books and just not sitting still, not listening to story. And dad was starting to get a little bit more frustrated and a little bit more frustrated. I had come up to sort of switch off to put her to bed to do her cuddles and stuff. And so my husband was getting really frustrated and I put her back on the bed again. And he was like, oh, Juniper, you just need to sit here and read the rest of your book. Or, or whatever he had said, and she kind of looked at me, and then she took her book, and she tapped the cover of the book at Oscar the Grouch, and then she pointed at Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just busted out laughing so hard, and he was like, did she just point at Oscar the Grouch? <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> she knows. She understands who Dad is. <laughs> That's too funny. Now you got to start calling him Oscar or Oscar the Grouch. That's his new nickname. <laughs> Man, they know a lot, even at a year and a half. Huh? It's crazy. It's really crazy how much they understand. It's it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it they change so quickly. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much again, Danielle, for chatting with us today and letting us pick your brain about your unique strategy for growing. This has been so great. One last time, can you just tell everyone where the best place to find you online is? Definitely. So it's Naranest everywhere. So Etsy, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really on Twitter, if you know what I mean. Like I'm there, but I don't really use it. So Facebook, Instagram are typically where I'm at the most. And Naranest is just N-A-R-R-A-N-E-S-T. Awesome. Thanks again, Danielle. This was really fun. It was so great talking to you guys. For the show notes, head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash BBM 127. I love how Danielle was willing to experiment to try different things in order to achieve the results that she wanted. And that's one thing I feel that the Brilliant Business Planner does. It encourages people to experiment and to try new things. One of the pages that we have in the Brilliant Business Planner is for advertising results. So for instance, Danielle could track how different campaigns on Facebook did for her and what the results of those campaigns were and how much they cost her and what she targeted and take notes on what went well and what she would change for next month. I find it is always so nice to see results on paper, to see what was tried and to see how it worked, and to compare it against other results to determine what is working the absolute best. As small business owners, we all have limited time and limited money, so we have to use our resources wisely. And I hope that if you are a proud owner of a brilliant business planner, that many of our planning pages encourage you to experiment and try new things and document your results. Keep trying and keep refining and keep going until you find that perfect mix that is working just right for your business. You can find the Brilliant Business Planner in our shop. Just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash 
shop. I hope you're having a great week. Now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.